Welcome to the Charlatans Podcast. In the midst of the election season, the COVID-19 pandemic, and social injustice making daily headlines, we've had to ask ourselves, what is our responsibility of staying informed? Our cultural obsession with seeking information that is negative or sensational has the potential to derail our mental health. We explore the emotional intelligence needed to create healthy boundaries between your mentality and excessive media consumption. This episode is an emotional gut check. How does the information you're consuming make you feel? This episode is recorded and edited at Cellar Studio 39. Hi, Elise. How Hi. are you? I'm, I'm Hi. good. Hi. And this is Madeline, and we have coffee making in the background. So if you hear it, you're welcome. If you hear that, like, slight the, percolation. The oh, per- percolation. It's just beautiful right now. It's Let's just take a minute and just listen. <laughs> a moment of silence for the coffee. Shh, shh, shh. You probably can't hear, but it's so good and I already feel better. It's I want to put a mic under it. I'm Pavlov right now. Yeah. I'm training myself because I'm smelling it. You're I'm salivating. It, I'm salivating and I already feel more awake. There you go. Amazing. I do too. The hit. The hit in my nostrils. The hit. What yep. hit your nostrils? The scent. Okay. The the beautiful. We are talking about drugs right now. Dark rose scent. Yeah, it's like, what are we talking about? Yeah, I don't know what we're talking about. Elise, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Today's topic. Oof. Well, as you heard in our introduction, um, something that I think the three of us have really come to terms with in 2020 is what is what affects our mental health, both for the positive and the negative. And we've both well, we have all come to understand that, like, particularly in 2020, but this has been true for the past 10 years in particular, how news and the media can negatively affect that. You know, we're when we're recording this. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. When we're recording this, we're fresh off of the debates. And I think every single American, regardless of what side you're on, I don't even like saying that, but like, regardless of how you're planning on voting, was very disappointed in the way that a the debates were handled and then b the way that the debates only focused on really i mean it was all negative but there was no information that was useful that came from the debates after it just created more polarization it it did it did there wasn't a lot of opportunity for new information or Mm -hmm. or I don't know. Well, it, it, if you were deeply polarized anyway, when you came into it, knowing you're the way far right or way far left, I mean, it, it probably helped cement that. But as far as people that were moderate or confused or a little this way or a little that way, I don't think it was that helpful. No, the, no. the debate seemed more for reactions than mm-hmm. information. Yeah. And it was more about ratings and who can we get right now right. versus this is your citizen's right to figure out who you want and to gather free information yeah. from your, your candidates. Yeah. Historically, the debates have existed to inform the voter. And that's just, I couldn't, I can't believe how far we are from that now. I would even say going back to the first debate between Nixon and Kennedy, when you read about that debate, they say that it took Kennedy way farther in his um, campaign because of how well he portrayed himself, both just his physical aspect. He's young, he's He's vital. He's like moving forward. Good argumenter, argumenter, debater. But when you see that, that's someone you want representing your country. What I have seen on TV, specifically the Trump-Biden debate, 
I didn't like either way. I want someone who's calm and respectful. Yeah. And who can actually have a conversation, a tough conversation. The president has got to have tough conversations. You can't overreact in those moments. Or you can, but you shouldn't. Yeah. But I, I even True. felt like politics, reporting on politics these days has been so, look at what the other side is doing now. Look at what Republicans are doing now. Look at what this Democrat just said. And not actually sussing out issues, truths, how to make change. Tick mark news totally. coverage. Click where bait. you just yeah. where you just incrementally add to stories, but each story is broken into sixteen parts before 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 there's a full context written. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many things written in progress rather than after the full effect because everybody I mean since the beginning of time people want the full scoop, right? That's the whole point. You want the first scoop, you want this much information and you want to get to as many people as you can first. But now that means any bit of movement, any any statement with or without context is newsworthy all on its own. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, provides a lot into disinformation and misinformation, in my own theory. And it's just been a lot. Like, I guess we'll it keep mass this... mass amount of content in that sh- way, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we'll keep this conversation mostly within the context of 2020, but, you know... It was like it st- was and still is constant COVID coverage. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the social and civil unrest that's been happening throughout the summer. And then the debates. It's like it's just literally election nonstop. year. Election yeah. year. Right. And then COVID just sprinkled in and it mm-hmm. got even more politicized. And I have definitely noticed a like dive in my mental health this year. Just like constantly stressed i remember after both after um george floyd and jacob blake were shot i mean i literally was on my phone all day i was too obviously you get very invested in in these these stories and these experiences that are happening across the country and what ends up happening for i mean i can only speak for my experience but what ends up happening is that like i'm neglecting everything else in my life at that point yeah like, but then you don't feel like you, you know enough or I'm feeling, I never feel like I know enough. And I also felt like, well, if I'm not following this, if I'm not like engaging with this story and with this information, I'm being irresponsible. Yeah. You're failing the people that yeah. need you to hear them. And then it's like, what is that? That's a whole different topic. I grew up in a home that had the news on constantly. My parents are news junkies and that was before social media is around. Right. So that's how you did intake your news. My parents had the newspaper and I don't keep the news on in my home because it's so negative. I don't know what's going to come on. And I don't know if my children are old enough to see these things yet. It's not positivity coming out. Mm -hmm. But I also want my children at a young age to start realizing mommy and daddy are involved in the world and we care about this. Mm -hmm. And how can they see me take it in in a positive manner? And even to take that on, I also feel as an educator, it is my role to make sure my students are learning the same message and... Every morning in my homeroom class, we watch CNN 10. If you want to get your kids involved in news, CNN 10 is the best thing out there. It's led by Carl Zeus, and it shows you news in a factual manner. My students can learn about COVID-19. They can learn about the election without feeling overwhelmed, but it also hits on science and health and robotics and the weather happening, and it it covers news in a way where you can intake information, but you don't have to feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But then it's you like kind of wonder. It's encyclopedia version. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's mm-hmm. interesting, but it keeps them aware of the world around them. 
But are we raising kids and developing lives to look at the news that way? And then when we hit the real world, the news is not like that. It's mm-hmm. it's devastating. It's anxiety inducing. It, it's like a fight to want to stay involved. And I feel like imposter syndrome me, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Why should I have to fight to stay involved? You sh- I feel like the media should be serving me I shouldn't have the, the state public. of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. I should be able yeah. to handle it. But but there's just so much information and information that's just information and not helpful. It doesn't help build a story in your mind. It's just information that's there and you've read it and already spent 20 minutes trying to look for what you were looking well, for. And even when you think about like the Facebook algorithm of like consistently reinforcing your own worldview by repeatedly showing you it's the ultimate echo chamber and it's only gotten worse over the last two years yeah like everything that that facebook learns is your worldview or your bias it's going to consistently reinforce that time and again Mm -hmm. on your timeline and you begin to believe that you're living in a world that reflects your values and so the second you step out of your house and you see that it's not that way you feel attacked Mm -hmm. and i'm seeing that I'm seeing that a lot in the people around me, just mm-hmm. like, okay, what, what kind of world do we live in? And like, you can speak to that more, but the fact that we have to be so diligent about sifting through information, whether it's factual, whether mm-hmm. it's important to even note this information mm-hmm. is, is its own burden, frankly. What, what I think would be maybe helpful for us is to analyze the situation and try to step back as best we can. And that doesn't necessarily mean logging off entirely, unless that's really what you want to do, then go for it. But Elise, in that that scenario where you set it up was one, Facebook has an echo chamber. Okay. Got it. And we know that Facebook is a business, Mm -hmm. a major business, as you know, it, it sends you ads and has you follow and, you know, businesses have pages as well as people Mm -hmm. right so what I suggest and uh, this is what I teach at the library with um, some of my colleagues shout out to Jessica and Rachel we teach a couple fake news courses and and how to dig through information and, and factual information but we always suggest people to like if you want if you want news through your Facebook feed which a lot of people do like resources like news outlets that are the opposite of your bias. So everybody has a bias. You could have a bias about anything like football. Do you like sports? Would you call it sports ball? Do you just want everybody to have a good time? Or are you a diehard bears fan and can't handle Packer fans, which is, I mean, most and I staring at each other like, what up? <laughs> bears all the way. They beat Tom Brady. Woo-hoo. Oh, I was dying by the way, last night in the game. Um, all of a sudden, they started saying, I've had better days. <laughs> and it's just Tom Brady on a bench. Oh and I'm just God. like, oh, my God. Some music editor is having a great time. Uh, so anyway, so we you have a bias about anything, whether it's a neutral topic or politics or anything. So like if you're someone who wants to actively engage with news on your social media, follow people that are opposite of what you believe. So you have more things advertised to you that are broader Mm -hmm. that you see those news articles coming up one once in a while. So then you get much more of a well-rounded view of what is being put out into the world without being sucked into your worldview, because literally the amount of content we get that's curated just for us. And we go down rabbit holes naturally. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when it's curated for you, 
how much faster are you going down that rabbit hole and how deep is it? And what you're really talking about is that Americans are obsessed with things being easy. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll just put it out there. I, I don't follow a ton of people or accounts or news mm-hmm. outlets that are opposite of me because it's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And at a, yet at the same time, like as I'm reflecting on you saying this, like I can already like understand how beneficial that would be mm-hmm. because when we're having those conversations with our relatives or friends that do not believe us, we already understand their mentality a little bit more than we would have just coming at them with our information and like our bias. Like yeah. we don't, we also like don't want to be, um, you know, we don't want to negatively affect the mental health of the people that are in our, in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it just, you need to check yourself constantly, mm-hmm. right? But you can't have one opinion for five years straight and never challenge yourself. Because if you never challenge, you I mean, never you get can, strong. You can. But should you? <laughs> you you need I to, think that if you're honestly engaging with the world, that just that that will not happen. You will change your thoughts on things. No, but I'm saying if you don't go out and challenge yourself, if you don't find the biases, mm. you can't grow yourself. And then maybe even you just decide... You're right. If we interact with the world, we're constantly changing our own life events, our own personal lives, make mm-hmm. us change our thoughts. And it doesn't always have to be politics. There's there's right. lots of other news out there. We're not like just talking about change your political opinion, just the way you intake news. Mm-hmm. If you go back and listen to our Kenosha Strong um, episode, we talk mm-hmm. about the Jacob Blake shooting happening in our own hometown. Just watching how the media portrayed something in our home made us see the media differently. It was eye-opening. Just to be like, no, that wasn't, it wasn't political. I mean, did mm-hmm. we say it's, it turned political? I don't know how you would phrase that. But like seeing them take what the situation was and then seeing it on the TV screen and it was reading only it seen in news. through a political lens rather right. than the fact that things were happening to humans. Mm-hmm. Right. In a, in a town where humans lived that had certain situations before or after that was inflicted upon humans on either side or every side or how many yeah. sides are there? No, it's left or right. You did something wrong. You did something right. And that's all you heard. If anything, no, no news is straight and forthcoming. Mm-hmm. No. The whole story is nothing can quite grasp the whole circumference of it. Mm-hmm. So if you only follow certain outlets, if you never find anything that's different than your bias, you're never going to get the whole truth to the story because mm-hmm. yeah. y- it's never just one side or the other. That's yeah. not how the world works. It's not black and white. Mm-hmm. And that's how the news portrays things. Mm-hmm. And you have to look around to find what's really going on. Yep. Right. And I want to mention too, that, y- you know, a lot of people that are, I, I want to say over 50, now get a lot of their news from social media mm-hmm. uh, like facebook and mm-hmm. then a lot of people that are younger than 50 go to go to multiple mm-hmm. social media outlets for news i mean before i mean i remember when i was in undergrad how like my main for- form of news was the daily show and stephen colbert 100 percent, and, and maybe facebook but news wasn't really shared a lot but you know i had to go to alternative outlets because i could not handle anything else and it was put into a form that's more palatable and now that's been commodified palatable is the name of the game my the way i remember consuming like media when i first really stepped out on my own was (laughs) talk radio because i had a long commute to school at the time i i just had a very different worldview, and I tend to, 
I totally tend to view news and um, like information about the world with a negativity bias. And we were before we started recording, we were talking about this concept of like kind of being obsessed with seeking out the negative that's happening in any given like story or um, element of of the news. We want to see someone slip and fall on their face. It's not even that. It's just it's not. Yeah, it's not that I'm like looking but for is people. It not even that. That's what I'm challenging. Like when you think about how deep a bias can go, and when you're really sure. heated. When you're really heated, you kind of want them to slip and fall on their face. And you don't realize that's what's happening. Most of the time you're like, I can't believe they said that. Well, it's like I just I like didn't feel like I was learning something unless Mm -hmm. it was like intense and shouted at me. And like, you know, it was very weird. It wasn't that I was like looking for people's downfall, but that does exist. And then when I I eventually transitioned out of that, once I started to like just confront the world and realize confront the world and enact with the world in a very different way. I was like, this isn't what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that began with like getting news from different locations, from different outlets. And not only did like going into libraries, not only did I have to learn how to process information and find if the source is reliable to hand to a patron, um, but I'm working with teens from a very different background from my own. Mm -hmm. And like, in my opinion, like people's stories are so just far more compelling than like, you know, a perfectly structured news story about something that, you know, happened to somebody that I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and information when given in the right way. And what I mean by that is without this like visually shocking uh, in it for the money kind of presentation, it's like that's where the truth lies. And we, we're really missing that. Do you think we are conditioned to look for that at a young age? So we grew up in an age where social media was just starting to bloom. But as you're talking, I'm trying to think about, okay, when I was in middle school, high school, where did I get my own personal news? And I'm thinking of the magazines I consumed. Um, But I remember one year for Christmas, my parents got me a subscription to teen people and I was so excited. But it just teaches you to take in celebrity gossip and who's got the worst of this and who does the worst of this and I'm thinking of fashion magazines and that this is what you need to look at and what is this person doing and what's the competition and I'm thinking about how even at a young age Mm -hmm. we it's not just taught to you the way we internally take that in and now I even think about what are we teaching teens who are inundated everywhere you learn to point and say ha ha we're, yeah. we're looking <laughs> we're looking for the next thing to wrap our heads around. And in 2020, it's like every week there's something new that keeps escalating us. But at what point are we just going to be like, oh, yeah, that's not even shocking anymore. I mean, we're see, this is this is my concern is that we're, we're saying, when is that going to happen? It is currently happening. It is now. It is a slow turn of the dial. Mm-hmm. It's not an overnight like, oh, my God. It mm-hmm. happened. It's we are de- being desensitized. We have mm-hmm. been desensitized, not just in the last four years. It was before that as well, because of the mass amount of information, the commodi- commodification of of news outlets online and all that. It's it's less about blogs and personal like stories or personal anecdotes, and it, it's about sharing a news media and then a two lines uh, two lines posted above it about how ridiculous it is or how amazing it is, and that's it. Last week or two weeks ago, you sent me a link to the car crash that happened in Lou Perini's gas station. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Kenosha. And 
I was like, oh god. A car went through the front of the building, destroying like a local this community. Is, this is like, a, this is a land. This is a oh, landmark. Yeah. They are in Kenosha. They are very good people. They're a good business. It like hurt a lot of people that this happened. But I go to the link. I open it up and I read, and then I like <laughs> go back to their Facebook page because as I'm scrolling through, I'm like, man, their social media game is on point. What 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 was their caption? Can you find it real quick? I will. So. One of them was like, if 2020 was a gas station, it's just the owner like on this like pile of rubble. <laughs> but that's like what I came, I, I came back to this Facebook message and I was like, man, their social media game is strong. And all Madeline said was like, God, we're so desensitized. I was like, no, we're true. disenchanted. Totally. Ken- Kenosha like, is just like, oh, oh, car went through a local landmark. landmark? Oh, well, all right. Well, it matches the rest of us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I mean, why was some good news so popular mm-hmm. during the pandemic? Because we don't ever get that. And it was so refreshing and everybody rallied around and became a community mm-hmm. and like, and, and we needed that. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking forward to it and I cried at every episode. And it's because that content typically doesn't sell as well or it doesn't sell as much. So everybody chases the other carrot, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I think we've convinced ourselves that mm-hmm. it won't sell as much because clearly some good news yeah. had a huge impact. And if, mm-hmm. you know, I, as we're sitting here talking about being desensitized and we've reached a turning point, I can't help but think like, first, I guess from this episode, I really want us to get like, it's okay to be like, the news is giving me anxiety. I feel mm-hmm. like some of us don't even realize it's giving yeah, us that that's, much anxiety. That's, that's the underlying, the news is giving us anxiety mm-hmm. and it's okay to admit that and it's like i hope you're like listening to this and like oh yeah that really is true and you're realizing how many outlets you're getting the news from but i think we also have to be aware of like that turning point it's so negative that it's going to bring upon consequences too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if you're not aware of the situation that's happening you can't be aware of the consequences that'll follow it so yeah. th- does our younger generation understand fake news do they understand that they're getting overwhelmed do people does understand generation understand fake well, news but, but d- i hear what you're saying does yeah. their the way they are taking the news the is more than we have ever anymore right right mm-hmm. the the way they're taking it in is is so much different than what we did mm-hmm. and you're even saying like people who are older are used to newspapers and news they're taking it in more through facebook and that's different and i also just think about our involvement in um social justice our involvement in voting in elections like it all starts to decrease because we just avoid it and just don't do it mm-hmm. and like we have to be able to pinpoint what's going on with our news and our anxiety are right. you ready for my newspaper theory Yes. So I've been formulating this. I'm about to get nerdy on y'all. Please. Um, but before I get to my my theory, Anelisa's point about the negativity and the selling points, and this ties into the theory, but um, there's a lot of studies and case studies done on what catches people's attention in the news, especially recently. And there's one I particularly like in 2018, and it was a fake news study, so a false news article, um, and they, it was a tweet, and they followed the the spread of the tweet and the emotions it evoked in people. And the fake news that spread the furthest was um, anything that that sparked anger or outrage or surprise, and the word disgust mm. was up there. Not just, you know, anger, disgust. Gust, something very intense and surprise was under there 
And then the very lowest was joy. That's sad. Yeah, it, it spreads further. So it's not like things aren't being shared, but it just doesn't spread as far. So that's that's really interesting to me. And on that point, my newspaper theory is is generational and demographic based, where you think about, you know, the silent generation and, and baby boomers and their primary form of information um, distribution was newspapers and delivered to your door every morning. And then eventually you would have your um, nightly news, right? World news. World news tonight. Is that what it was? I can't remember. Yeah. Something where everybody tuned in. All of America tuned in, right? You get you had limited options in sourcing, and everybody trusted that sourcing, and everybody was on the same page, mm-hmm. okay? And you could have your local, and you could have your couple, national, come to your door if you wanted to pay for it. If not, you heard from a neighbor and borrowed it. So we, we have generations that were raised on newspapers with limited sourcing, and they were more <coughs> likely to trust those sources because that's the only sources you had. So they have this trust factor built into, into their newspapers, and their news sources and their media, and that's been trained into them over time. Mm-hmm. And so when technology ages up with them and they're starting to intake more news media, they're less likely to think critically about Absolutely. it because that's the only way you can in, you can be informed is to read news media. And it it you don't get as much exposure to your own bias and where I feel like where I feel like Gen Z and 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 millennials, like we have had to cipher through everything, not just scholarly articles for college papers, but for high school, you had to know what websites and what's a real author is a mm-hmm. is what author is real or a fake profile and dead links and all mm-hmm. this stuff. You had to instantly be more critical. Where with web based browsing, that's not their primary record they grew up knowing and they're carrying over skills of a, it's not an extinct form, but a very, it, it's not obsolete either. It's just not as dynamic mm-hmm. of, of media piece. So that's my theory. In my conversations with older relatives, I have definitely noticed that, um, you know, there's obviously exceptions to, to that with the people that you know, I speak to, but yeah, yeah it, those over 65 are more likely to share fake news. 100%. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm constantly telling various relatives like, okay, this is not, this is not even a real news source. This is like a blog. This is somebody's opinion. And they think it's valid. They're and like, they think well, it's, it's right news. there. Yeah. And they, 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 well, they really do. hiding this information. No, no, no. And no. it's not like, a column that says editorial right. on it anymore. Or, you know, it's that same piece you yeah. have every week, you know, like right. it's not as obvious anymore. Everything just looks like news. So I don't feel like a lot of people mean mm-hmm. poor, mean ill intent. Mm-hmm. They just think it's true Mm -hmm. and when you try to teach these new critical thinking skills it just comes across of you don't know how to think you're wrong about everything and talk about the defensiveness that's going on now and i know elise was talking about that earlier i yeah and i remember like email forwards in the early 2000s again before like social media and news outlets if you don't (laughs) send this 30 times (laughs) well it would be like some crackpot theory about the president you know it was just like oh my god and as right like as a millennial who from like fifth grade on like we did weekly like current Current events was like a part of our class where we all had to come with like a mini report on a news article. And our teacher, part of the grade would be, where is the source coming from? They would like validate the source. If it was like 
from a reputable news source, we got more points. If it wasn't, that was a little mini lesson that our teacher would give mm-hmm. us that day. That's that's like you're saying, information we are used to having to sift through. And then if you hit high school, especially in our generation, if you hit high school and you actually have a media lab for the first time, right? That's not just typewriting or simple computing. It's it's research, like online research now. And to have those literacy courses there, if you were lucky to have those, even then that was limited and you didn't get the consistent education on that but i think even that like even even sifting through the information and like when you are at those factual sources like seeing the information that's coming out of these and the constant like negativity intensity the world is like a dumpster fire right now that like when you're seeing it from those reputable sources that just immediately like i get like like a stress panic attack i'm I'm like so burnt out right i'm like constantly constantly being inundated with everything that's happening in the world all the time because we now have access to it whenever we want it's like we have to understand like sure maybe my sources are factual maybe the information that i'm getting is right but i have to step back should i be consuming this right at this moment right am i neglecting my responsibilities in my day-to-day life if the answer is even moderately yes take 24 hours to break and if it's that affecting right Yes. Not just taking away from, just affecting. Right. If you can't let go of something mentally from your head, if you're losing sleep, if mm-hmm. you find you're overly argumentative mm-hmm. with loved ones about a topic, you've you've just been consumed by something. Because it's mm-hmm. not just, oh, I'm just not going to go on Facebook today. It's about your mental state and how you're taking that in yourself. Mm-hmm. And take whatever break you need to. Don't feel guilty about it. Take a break from certain friends who keep pushing it on you. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with unfollowing a friend on Facebook mm-hmm. because at this moment, this point in time, they're putting too much out there for you to intake. Mm-hmm. Doesn't the, mean you can't the be three friends. three little dots on the corner of their post. Scroll down. You can pick unfollow, not unfriend. So right. then you can do it secretly. Voila, right. your mental health is so much better. I've had to <laughs> your do friends that are, so much. Yeah. Well, your friends are allowed to have their opinions. And that, like we just said, those biases are good for you to have, but that doesn't mean you need it all the time. Absolutely. Yep. And it doesn't mean you need to be involved in it every time. It doesn't even mean you have to stop being on Facebook or Instagram because there are good things out there. Well, even part of that but, reflection is like is part of that mindfulness about about um in in taking news, right? Like why is this person's post triggering me? I don't know, but I'm going to mute them for a little bit, go away and think about this and then, you know, come back when I'm ready to actually think about that. Yeah, we always say do a gut check. Yeah. When you're reading anything, anything, not just news, anything. Mhm. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? And it's you, okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. But did, did that happen out of nowhere? Were you in a good mood before and suddenly you're very angry and it, it wasn't a crazy news day? Do a gut check. Mm-hmm. You know, like think about what's if you're reading an article, it, was that the whole point of the article? They wanted to make you mad. Or is it you've been reading too many articles and you're slowly getting angry over time and you need to step back? You know, it could be a fake news article that's making you mad or it could be you've been on your phone a lot today mm-hmm. and maybe you need to quit, go ahead and change some settings. And the sad thing is, is that we're talking about how burnt out we are and it takes some effort to stop being burnt out. It does. 
to start that process of being less burned out, you still need to put more effort in. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry for that, but I feel that too. But it really will make your life better over time. And saying that anyway, I'm still burnt out. Mm -hmm. And that's when I physically pull myself away. Yeah. And I just, I'm not doing it. I don't care if I do it for a job. I can catch up when I want to, but right now I cannot do this. Yeah. I, I had to come to that realization this week. Like as we said in the beginning of this episode, like the second debate was this week and I just had to be like, look, I already know who I'm voting for. I know what a dumpster fire the first one was. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to watch this tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I, my, my anxiety has already been something that I've been like needing to attend to. So I'm going to do myself a favor and just disengage from this. Like yeah. I turned my phone off. I just like, I'm going to read a book tonight mm-hmm. because I have the ability to do that. I can I'm give mad proud of you for that because that, that takes a lot. I, Cause I know how involved you are in wanting to know about current event. That's you had to physically do yeah. that pull away. Yep. I, it was over. Just like give yourself permission to listen. Like one of our previous episodes was like listening to your body. This one is more of like understanding that gut check, right? Like mm-hmm. what am I feeling right now? What can I do about it? Mm-hmm. If it's negative, what can I do about it to make it better? Yeah. There's always it's like something. Minding your emotional intensity scale. Absolutely. What, are you constantly at moderate? Because that's still pretty dang high. Mm-hmm. You know, like... It's okay to be neutral and be focused. That's not really feeling super emotional. Are you super elated all the time? Awesome. Want to know what you got. <laughs> but are you super angry or frustrated or sad all the time? That's that's a lot of energy. And it's like I said, it's going to take a lot of energy to to get energy back. But it's one of those, it, it's the long haul. Mm-hmm. And we don't have quick fixes right. anymore, no matter how much we want them. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of my fear comes from, I don't, want to fall behind if I don't yep. keep up I'm gonna fall That's behind exactly. in the news I, yes take it so away so with with me I did not watch the first debate and I don't watch the news all the time but then something will break and I'll be like oh my gosh I'm behind and I should know these things and I'm an educated adult and I want to make a difference in the world um but I also I was having this conversation with my husband and it was just kind of like why do you fall feel like you fall behind it Literally, this information is at our fingertips mm-hmm. at every moment. So, like, if you do like what Elise did, you turn off your phone for a night, the next day, the information about the debates will still be there. The information about the wildfires and COVID-19 and the hurricanes and the murder hornets, it will still always be there. And you can get to it when you you mentally can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you a bad person. But I think I'm always convinced if I don't keep up, I'm not smart. I'm not a good role model. I'm not doing this. And out of all the pressures you have to keep, like the things you can't take off your plate, why keep this? It's, it's too big. It's too big. If you know that you can recycle every day and reduce your plastic intake and you're doing what you can with what you can. That applies to this too. It's like, you're not going to be able to shut down an oil company. Mm. But you're at least doing your part, mm-hmm. you know, like not saying you should shut down an oil company, but I'm saying like you can't reduce oil production. You can't. But what you can do is recycle every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And make sure it doesn't end up in the ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might That's be a minnow in do. the ocean, but a minnow still has an effect on the ecosystem. Right. Oh, my God. That was so much shorter. Oh, God. <laughs> Keep mine in just so you can see how brilliant Alyssa is. <laughs> I taught symbolism this <laughs> week. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was in my conspiracy class last night. So I'm, we're on it. We're ready for this. <laughs> we're on it. No, but I also think 
when you take a break, something that I've had to do recently, especially after everything after that happened in Kenosha with Jacob Blake, is I had to start really thinking about where am I getting my news. I want the news. I want to be involved. That is a desire in me. I don't want to like shut that off. But where am I getting at it? Um, where am I getting it from? And that's when I was able to discover some more. Sorry, I can't think of the term for those journalists. Um, Corey Elijah and and people who are are doing their own journalism investigation. Do they do they call it just independents? Just independent, independent journalists? journalists or street journalists? Yeah. And I which love, can also have bias. Keep that in mind. They can. They're narrating. But I they're also showing live video, typically. My problem, even if I'm able to identify what are the good sources, I feel like the art of journalism has been lost. Totally. And the investigation, the getting to the truth, just presenting it mm-hmm. to the world. I teach writing, and one of the yeah, things we have I a pro over here. Yeah, well, one of the things you have to like teach people when they're writing is what do you want your audience to get. What's the thesis? What's the thesis? And to me, I love to teach a narrative better because I personally like reading stories. They're they're more interesting. Like, do you how do you want your audience to feel? Mm-hmm. But when you teach about nonfiction writing, what is the information you want your audience to get? And I feel like in these news outlets now, it's not about the importance of I want to make sure they know the truth. It's the importance I want to make sure they know the truth that my backers want them to know. Absolutely. And it's not about the art of journalism because that's or they get edited out to where it's not the journalists doing that it's the editors switching it but it's mm-hmm. all one big giant mm-hmm. company right so if you mm-hmm. want to get up in there you want the journalistic career you have to play the game and that's unfortunate that there is a game because mm-hmm. the idea of journalism is not to be in a game it's about yep. to find the truth and get it to the people with the whole facts independent journalists one i love the idea of being independent being your own entrepreneur getting out on the streets like really doing it for yourself um, I love supporting that kind of idea. I mean, we're like a teeny tiny little podcast. And open and we- source d- data can be pretty cool and easy to trace, but it's also you have to do more work to make sure. Well, and it's own. not just, I mean, if, if someone's live streaming something, mm-hmm. right? You're seeing it with your own eyes. They might be making commentary, but you're able to intake the information at the same time. Yep. So your biases are going into that. You're hearing somebody else commentate on that. And and I just feel like you're getting a much bigger picture That's of a what's really source. happening. That's a primary yes. source. So even just like the uh, March on Washington, mm-hmm. seeing people's live streams of what was happening was very different than what the news was presenting. 100%. If the news covered it at all. Right? So there, there's just things like that that you can be looking into now to find, a, I, I don't want to say like positive, but a better way to take in the news where you're not going to feel so heavy or even come with that trauma into looking at the All news. All news isn't bad, but you just have to go in knowing that it isn't life or death if you read it or not. Mm-hmm. And it isn't life or death what it says or doesn't mm-hmm. say. You have to, unless of course, you know, there's a wildfire by your house, please follow your evacuation order. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's not what we're saying. We're talking about different We're talking about current events. Right. Um, large-scale national politics. That's more we're, what we're relating to. But, Alyssa, you said that wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, I want to go back to something that you were talking about and w- before I went on my little rant of follow all your news sources if you want to get your news this way so then you can go against your bias. And then you get that. Before I said all that nonsense, uh, we were talking about how hearing everybody up so upset gets to you and, like, it, it just, it's a lot to read, one, the article or the headline. By the way, headline's not an article. Thank you, Wheezy Waiter. Um, 
But this say whole- that again and say it louder for the people in the back. Headlines not an article. Pain is not an article. Right. So it's just the fart. I don't know. This is from Craig Benzine of who he's Wheezy Waiter on YouTube. I love him so much. It's actually a song. I will link it to you. And I just sometimes comment this on people when they they don't read past the headline. And it's just headlines not an article. A tweet is not an article. And it's mm-hmm. just really it's really, really great. Anyway, um, to have the emotional intelligence for yourself and your own mental health to see something, know you're getting riled up. And before you start thinking so many horrible things about this person and what they're saying and how horrible it is, just go, there's a lot of context going on right now. One, this is a digital sphere and a lot of natural humanistic mannerisms are now missing that we have taken as cues for survival over a bajillion years. Those are now gone. Great. And now we're in a pandemic. So we've all been like away from everybody in person. Mm -hmm. We have seen very few people in person. Mm -hmm. And when we have half their faces covered, where you're missing basic human cues and you're not having a typical human experience right now. So we're more likely to be emotional and that's okay, but just know and try to watch your projection. I can't tell you how many times I have written comments and then, and backspaced before I hit send. Same. So many times. And one, I think don't take the bait (laughs) Two, you're not on the clock. Three, say one good thing about the person that posted. Say one good thing about them. What I, <laughs> what I always ask myself is the question of, is this my responsibility to fix right now? Right. The answer is always no. Am I just putting, am I, am I at the boardroom in the EPA or am I putting right. a water bottle in the recycling bin? Right. I'm going to choose to put the water bottle in the recycling bin right now. And when you think when you kind of disengage and think like that, like you already feel a little bit lighter. Like, mm-hmm. no, I don't have to say this. I don't have to give this either the stranger or this person or friend, whoever, mm-hmm. any of my emotional space right now. Mm-hmm. And I think a piece of that emotional intelligence is understanding and respecting that emotional space boundary, whether that be like your Facebook profile, your Instagram profile, the things you post on there is your space. Mm-hmm. It's your feed, so you are entitled to post what makes you feel good or safe or whatever you're posting. However, you have to understand that that may not uphold someone else's emotional, personal space. Yeah. And that's okay. Well I said. mean, but like, feel free to disengage from other people's spaces if they are not safe for you. Like, while yes, we want to make sure that we are consuming information that is diverse and from, from multiple backgrounds, you can also be like, okay did that enough today i'm done no more for now mm-hmm. like because how effective balance. is that going to be over time when you're just worn out right it, that's the same with everything right. pick well who you engage with too Absolutely. so when you're feeling like it's time to engage pick people who can engage well with you so if they mm-hmm. do have an opinion different than yours we can't have respectful conversations of differing opinions and that can't it, it is possible to happen online i've seen yeah. it happen but I feel too often than not because we're not getting that human connection. Mm-hmm. You're not like really seeing that person and their reaction and how they even are that day. It just becomes something that shouldn't be online and it's no longer 
appropriate, I mm-hmm. would even say, because it's not for growth. It's not for challenge. It's not for critical thinking. It's not for growth. It's not for understanding. It's just becoming a flat out battle. Mm-hmm. And no one needs that. Or you can be like Madeline where she feels like she's taking the high road, but really she's just using a tag group on Facebook that's called, well, you're not being who Mr. Rogers thought you could be, but okay. <laughs> that's amazing. And then leaving it. I love when people do that, when they drop group names in the comments. That's it's like, literally God, what, that's but it's so positive amazing. snark. Where Absolutely. I'm just telling you, watch so what you're saying. So here's a space for you you're to go. You're not being mi- who Mr. Rogers thought you could be. I kind of Mr. feel Rogers like. Mr. Rogers thought, you you were, thought you were very special. It's like and a, now you're being very rude It's like other special people. Digital timeout. Go here. <laughs> <laughs> really? Sometimes I'll just like post like a really wholesome meme on the thread. If people are arguing, I'll just put something that's like super cute. Here's a kitty. And every, they're just like, ah, but then it shows people like how f- deeply emotional they're getting. Mm-hmm. And again, issues of social justice, I will say is, as an aside, is a little different for me here. And everything totally. we're talking about here, we are talking about in fall 2020. And we'll probably record similar content later and it'll probably sound very different from this. We are speaking to it now in the current moment and that's important to put that timestamp on it because what we might say might change because we also have to have different strategies based on what the news landscape looks like Mm -hmm. and what the social political landscape looks like. And your own personal needs changes too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another way that, you know, I feel like a fake sometimes because I have it thrown like, well, you didn't think that way before. And Mm -hmm. then I feel bad. Like, why didn't I think that way before? Well, you know, I was learning and I'm not a fake. I just am different now and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not your business. But I think that's the key right there is just this understanding of like when we can operate in in society as like, look, I didn't, I don't think the way that I used to. Here's why those conversations are extremely valid. And I don't think enough. It shows vulnerability. Absolutely. There's no vulnerability. It's right fighting. Right. And it's very American, unfortunately. Oh, totally. We're like the type A stick up our ass, like cultural personality. And I think part of that goes into how and why we consume media. Like we want to be right. We want to have all the information and we want to go out there and attack people with it. You know what this reminds me of? When you put your hand over a cat or dog's paw and they have to put it right back on top of your hand (laughs) and you just keep doing it. That is. And it's just an amazing analogy. So we covered a lot and I always say, so at the end and that usually means I have more information to give you but this is actually helpful because we were talking about the expending of energy and how we have limited and it it also reminds you of there's a disability theory called the spoon theory where you only have X amount of spoons in a day and you can choose where you want to give your spoons to so if I'm going to do laundry for me that takes two spoons and if I only have 15 spoons that day I have to choose if I'm going to do that laundry or if I'm going to go do something else worth two or more spoons. So I'm going to help you save some spoons, hopefully. And again, this is partially due to my wonderful colleagues that I work with, Rachel and Jessica. Um, So some resources for you. Add Fontes Media and their media bias chart. So you can see what news sources you're having in your daily life and where they might fall on the chart. And keep in mind... That print media and online media and TV media from the same network conglomerate might fall at different places on the bias chart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so keep that in mind. If you're if you're ingesting Fox News TV, it's much different than Fox News Online. That's so true. 
And same with CNN on TV. Very different from CNN online, okay? So just create a self-awareness for yourself. Base level. And if you're at the point where you don't want any news, we don't want you to become apathetic and just shut everything off because that also doesn't help. Um, The other resource I want you to use is news aggregators. And I'm not sure if many of you love Google Suite or Google resources, but I, I really found that Google's news aggregator is the best. And a news aggregator is a compilation of news articles and stories that they're now starting to combine tweets and um, video and actual print articles. And they'll they'll say whether it's an editorial or not. But they'll have a topic and then you can ask for full coverage and it'll show you similar headlines, if not the same topic from multiple different facets, and you can read through headlines. That's not an article. But you can get an idea briefly what news sources you, you're interested in naturally, and if you're really invested in a topic, you can go through all of them a lot more quickly. And my, f- uh, I mean that Yahoo has a news aggregator. Washington Post has a news aggregator. Um, I, obviously, we want to say use a fact checker if you're finding something online. Report it, obviously, yada, yada. But... My other gem of a news aggregator that I love, and this is very biased, mind you. This is a biased news aggregator, and I'm saying it, but I'm, I consume its content knowingly. It's called What the Fuck Just Happened Today? Dot com. I'm not joking. It's literally called that. And it, it was started by an independent journalist who then, I think it started on um, day one of it was originally a news aggregator that was just documenting news stories from day one of Donald Trump's presidency as a project to see what happened through the length of the presidency because it was such a monumental election. Trump news today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was. it's not only about Trump. So I'll say that. It's not. It originally started as that project. Um, but you can go back in time through everything. And it's actually... A, uh, it shows all sources. So their yeah. initial titling of the day might be biased, but it's really, really good at showing multiple sources and not just op-eds or editorials. It's, and when in doubt, go to AP and Reuters. Go to AP and Reuters. If you want to catch up on your news, that's as unbiased as you're going to get. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can do it. I'm so sorry you're burnt out. Alyssa, I'm so sorry you're burnt out. Alyssa, I'm so sorry you're burnt out. I'm burnt out too. It and is what it is. And I feel like I can't catch up. But, but that's why we're here, right? That's why we have this podcast. Because if we're feeling something, it's likely that you are too. Because we live in the same world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I Like, again, just like, this is random. But, like, thank you to everyone who listens. Because, yeah. Like, Especially now you're already burnt out and now you're listening about us being stressed like, out. Thank you, you for Who being our you? distant therapist. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's been, I don't like being able to sift through the bullshit of this year via a podcast has been really good for my mental health. So thank you for allowing me to like put that out in the world. You're literally allowing yeah. us to have a reason to talk things out yeah. with each other. That isn't just us shooting the shit you right. know it's actually meaningful discussion mm-hmm. and we've been able to counteract each other in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. and check in and, and call each other on our own bullshit too and yeah the, and like just the learning and growing that I think all three of us have like undergone since starting this podcast is really special so when I 
first decided to join these ladies and with the podcast, I knew my goal was always to, I wanted to create a piece of art where you felt like you were having a conversation with us on topics that you don't feel like you can talk to other people about. And as we've been advancing on this podcast adventure, we're picking more difficult topics for us to talk about because we know surprisingly, those are the, right? Those are the <laughs> topics that we know you're struggling with too. There's we're not alone. That's the whole idea of this journey is we're not alone, and there are other people who think like us. And so we're identifying our own news anxiety, and we're identifying our own boundaries when it comes to that. And we want to talk to you about it too because we would love your input because you're helping us grow in our own journey. And we hope that we're helping you grow in your own lives because life is meant to be lived and experienced and not to be hidden away and felt anxious and down. Like you're, you're not alone. And that's kind of the point of this podcast. Yeah. Alyssa, what are we smelling today? Because we needed a bit of aromatherapy. Alyssa found a candle from the candle gods. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Thank you, candle gods. AKA Target. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so I like real, like dark, smoky, um, masculine, masculine sense. Yes. Hell yeah. I'm not big on like the vanilla Please cupcake thing. <laughs> so this one is by Threshold and it's charcoal and black teak. And it's just a very Ooh. warm, dark. Ooh. I don't know. Ah, absolutely. Yes. Just like that. Those, ah, those sound ooh. effects are what this brings up. Mm-hmm. So guys, you can share all your thoughts with us on this episode at charlatans pod on instagram or email us at charlatanspod at gmail.com we are also on facebook obviously search the charlatans podcast drop all your thoughts and feelings and we'd love to know how you de-stress or disconnect from the news totally. do you have like a a system do you have a schedule or are, are you have you found yourself to be apathetic and just shut off or do you find yourself kind of over immersed like like we are um, let us know what you're experiencing. We'd love to hear it. And thank you for spending your time with us today. We'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>